Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. There are few people in the game of baseball who are more universally beloved than this woman sitting to my left, Sarah Langs. And, you know, Sarah, we're wearing the NALS shirts. The baseball is the best, which you are always known for, your positivity, your joy, and you have been able to keep up that type of, of positivity and joy throughout what is an impossible diagnosis. Welcome to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast with me, Mandy Bell, Guardian Speed Reporter for MLB.com and the always wonderful Sarah Langs, researcher and reporter for MLB.com as well. I don't even know where to go from here because I know what we're about to talk about and how on earth do you even introduce what the heck Friday was because that day was insanity. Um, if anyone listening to this, I'm sure they know exactly what Friday was and they know why we would be saying this, but in the off chance that someone is stumbling upon this and has no idea what's going on, Friday was Lou Gehrig Day. We are now recording this on Monday evening, and I don't even have words, so I can't even imagine what the heck you're going to try to come up with saying, because if I'm speechless, you were the... You're going to hate the sentence, so just plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. (laughs) You were the center of attention on Friday across the freaking country, and... I know you don't want to hear that, but you're going to deal with it because it was the reality. This Lou Gehrig Day, and I know that you had sort of even thought about this too, was bigger than ever. This is the biggest one that has ever happened in Major League Baseball, and I know that's the goal. I know Major League Baseball wants to have so much attention on this. That's why they do it. It's deservedly so because it's just, it's highlighting a disease that needs to be addressed. It needs to have attention. And Major League Baseball is definitely doing its part to make sure that not only is ALS getting the attention it deserves, but Lou Gehrig's legacy is also being remembered for what it was. Um, And now we have another face in baseball that's not Lou Gehrig. That's cooler than Luke Eric. Yep, I went no, there. No. Uh huh. Um, who's going through the same journey that Luke Garrick went through? And so now we have you, Sarah. So whether you want it or not, here it is. And oh my gosh, the the attention, the praise, the compliments, the I don't even know everything that you got on Friday. 
can you please, I know you don't want to talk about it, but you have no choice because I'm making you. Can you describe what, what that was like? I can't. I mean, I really can't. I hope one day soon I am able to, but I feel like I'm still processing all of it. But, you know, I'm going to go back to what you said about being the biggest ever. So this was the third Lou Gehrig Day. The MLB is put together. There was a great uh, committee that came together and it was really inspired by a man who uh, has since passed away named Brian Wayne Gallantine. It was his vision to have MLB honor Lou Gehrig, of course. It's only the third day we have that is for an individual. We have Jackie Robinson Day, we have Roberto Clemente Day, and now we have Lou Gehrig Day. And I remember talking to some individuals with MLB PR and a couple of the other founding members of the Gehrig Day Committee, Chuck Habershow, whose mother, Patty Hasselas, and Phil Green of Penn Stater, I believe, um, who has ALS, and mentioning how all of those days are for absolutely titanic figures in our sport. But the difference to me between Gehrig Day and those other two is that there is an active, ongoing mission behind it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when we talk about Jackie Robinson Day, we need to make sure that racism is totally eradicated in this country. There's still so much work to do. And we talk about Roberto Clemente. We talk about an amazing humanitarian who also dealt with his share of racism. But to me, there's still a difference between those causes and a medical, a scientific one. And a disease that is, you know known for baseball players. So it is baseball's disease in a way. So I was so glad to see Gary Day be so big this year. It has certainly grown exponentially each year and whether that was because of me or not, I know that there was so much more attention on it. And you know, this whole world is still new to me. Obviously, I have causes that I've been passionate about in my life, but this is the first time there's a cause I'm so directly tied toward that I'm passionate about. And I've learned the value of awareness. I think when I was first diagnosed and even when I was first sharing uh, my story publicly about this, I was pushing money for research, money for research, money for research. And that will always be what I will tell people when they ask how they can donate. But I think the thing about the idea of awareness, which I do think people scoff at, you know, people see nice bucket challenge, the fist bumps that I've had people doing, and people say, how is this helping someone with ALS? But what you have to understand is that every time that you put this disease into someone's brain, into their Twitter feed, Instagram feed, TV, what have you, in a moment when it wouldn't have been there otherwise, it's a moment for them to reflect and realize that it is pitiful that we do not have a cure for this yet. So 
that is the value of awareness and I think that has really been something I have gotten more and more awareness of myself, just the value of it, you know, because every single person being more aware of a disease, being more aware of any cause, ends up driving that money. Because as you realize how horrible this is and the fact it is not cured, then your next thought is, what do I do next? So first off, I want to say that I need to talk about how amazing you are. Oh, stop it. Because I'm lying here going to bed earlier than usual on Thursday night because the last game was at like 810. Now watch Hold on. My... Hold on. Earlier than usual, you're texting me at like 1.45 in the morning. Yeah. So let's, let, okay, I understand. Let's put that into people's brains so they're not thinking, oh man, Sarah was going to bed at like 9 p.m. Okay, no. that's a good night of sleep. No, this is 2 in the morning. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I Goodness mean, it was game one of the NBA finals. You gotta get ready for the post game. Getting ready, getting in bed. And I'm curious... What time? I always end up at some point in the night checking what time the first game is the next day. So it's Friday, so I know usually it's either are the Cubs on the road or are they at home. If they're at home, there's a 2.20 Eastern game on a Friday. If not, usually your first game is at 6 or so, maybe 7. So I open my MLB app and I go to press the scoreboard page. But wait, I see me and you and a photo of us and a collage of us. And I read through a couple of times. I had to, so I knew I was going to cry. So I skimmed first to try to figure out when I was going to cry. <laughs> kind of like prophylactically. And then I read and I read again and I text you. And we're talking, and then you mentioned that there's a video because I told you the baseball is the best because it brought me to you. And you say, oh, so you saw the video. And I go, what video? And I go back to MLB.com, and there's a video of all of my closest friends and colleagues telling me why they think baseball is the best. And it ends with you saying, what I just texted you, which just anyone who has listened to this podcast is probably not surprised by that, but that <laughs> is how it goes. So there are some tears, and I wake up, and of course it's a very busy day, going to City Field later for the first pitch, all of that, but before that, I have uh, the podcast with Buster Olney, and I do radio in Toronto. And I'm getting ready to tape MLB now and then tape with Melanie Newman from Masson for their pregame show and with uh, Jess Blaylock of uh, Bally Sports Miami. I don't think that's what it's called, but the Marlins Bally Sports. And somewhere in the midst of that, I guess right before I do my makeup for MLB now, I see this video tweeted out of you doing an amazing on-camera sort of version of 
basically the idea of destroying this incredible production from MLB Network. My friend Lynn Allman was here uh, helping me for the day before we went to City Field. We're both here only crying. It's been 82 years since Lou Gehrig passed away from ALS. So much about this world has changed since then, but one thing hasn't. Somehow we've gone all of this time and there's still no cure for the disease that took his life on June 2nd, 1941. Through his incredible courage and grace facing ALS, Gehrig became a symbol of hope for so many. Today, Today I, consider I consider myself, myself the, luckiest the luckiest man, man on the face, on of, the the face earth. of the earth. But now on this day, Lou's day, there's someone else in the baseball world that you need to know about. And that's my best friend, Sarah Langs, who was diagnosed in 2020. I have so many questions. When did you do this? They flew to Cleveland, and it was on the off day, the team off day, the Thursday before. So it was, I don't even, the 25th maybe? So the Thursday before, they flew to Cleveland, and we shot it at a studio downtown. How many takes did that take you? Because I was crying the whole time. Like, how did you do that without crying? <laughs> I think that's the number one question I've been asked, that my parents have been asked, that Angelo has been asked, my husband. Um, yeah. You sort of have to channel yourself to go to a different place to do that. And I'm sure you know that more than anybody because you've had to talk about this stuff on countless pregame shows, TV shows, radio hits, whatever it may be. And yes. you cry more than the normal person. So you know how much you have to go to that place. You'll text me and say bawling in all caps over things that happen on the, like the baseball field, like this cute little kid with his dad. Like you'll say bawling. Like I understand that you probably know this better than anybody to talk about this stuff. So you sort of have to address yeah. this as one, you're in a room with a whole bunch of mm -hmm. men that you've never met staring at you. That allows you to go a little bit numb. Um, and then you're just trying to look at it as this project where the words, when you wrote them, you definitely felt them. But when you're speaking them, the words have no meaning. You're just reciting words, and that's how you get through it. And so that was the biggest thing. I mean, the takes, they did a couple takes of everything. Um, what was cool was that they had that projector behind me, and they had photos of us going through. And so each paragraph of the script, they wanted to read through a couple times with different photos behind me so that they could piece different things together in editing afterwards. So... I read through each paragraph probably two to three times, depending on the paragraph. And then I did everything all in one shot twice for them to try different things. Um, so that's sort of how it went. And it took like two hours and we were done. So it wasn't, it wasn't bad. But I want to just thank all of them for flying to Cleveland, coming to me so that this could work. They had um, come to me with an idea of, how can we honor her on this day? And I knew ESPN had been doing stuff with you. 
Um, I am planning to watch that this evening because I have been running all over in Minnesota for this series and had not had a chance to watch it. So this is my first night at home just chilling. And so I'm excited to watch that outside the lines that I know you work closely with Buster and all of them to do. And I'm sure I've heard incredible things about it. So I'm excited to watch. Cybrant, sorry. Um, I knew that that had been going on and I didn't want them to just do something that was a duplicate. And so I said, look, this is going on right now. I don't know what else you guys can do, but maybe we go a different route. And they said, would you want to talk about her? And I'm like, well, duh, like, obviously that's a piece of cake. And they said, okay, so how about you write an essay and we try to just film you? And I was like, okay, so we can try that. And I said, let me see if I can write an essay that would even work first. And I wrote something. I sent it over to them. They helped me condense it because, of course, I went way over word count. And I said, please help me. I don't know how to cut more. And they helped me condense it down. And then they flew to me, which is unbelievable that they would do. And we got it all together. It was great. I also want to give you credit for... There are at least two parts of either that or the dot-com story where you had to get, like, clarification for me, and you <laughs> dropped it. I knew you would remember. And you dropped it so casually that I had no idea. One was about whether I actually read the book about Garrick, because I mentioned to you that I was planning to. And I know I had texted you about it, but you wanted to make sure I actually fully read it. What was the other? There was one other thing. The other one was clarifying that you saw his yes, speech yes. At, on the wall on your first day, and you took a picture of it on your first day at ESPN. And I blame that on my husband, because that usually works 99% of the time. Most people understand that oh, well, Angela's just asking. He doesn't know anything. Let's just explain it to him. So I threw it on him. Sorry, Angela. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I'm explaining to Angela how crazy this all is. And it's like, I'm pretty sure this part happened, right? And you were like, yes, this happened. And I took a picture of it. I'm like, bless. Thank goodness you just exactly answered everything I needed to make sure this was accurate. Hook, line, and sinker. You got me. <laughs> like, I had no idea. But the moment I read those two pieces, I was like, wow, she <laughs> got me good. And I didn't want to text your boyfriend because I was like, this isn't fair to have on him to keep that a secret too because I'm already bursting at the seams and I don't keep secrets well. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put this on him. I am going to somehow get her to answer this stuff because he was also already keeping a secret from you because the Yankees had reached out to the two of us to set up the fact that you would be a Hope Week honoree and then they would be highlighting ALS throughout their Hope Week, which then falls on their Gehrig Day, which is July 4th because that was the day he gave the speech, blah, blah, blah. So uh, they had reached out to us about setting this up for you and they asked us to keep it a secret. So I was like, there's too many secrets going on. I am not putting this <laughs> on Matt's shoulders. So I avoided that one. Oh my gosh, and we can talk about that for a second too. There yes. was one day, like two weeks ago, yeah, 
in between the NBA Conference Finals and the NBA Finals where you guys had a call with uh, Jason Zilla of the Yankees. And I was like hanging out on the couch and my boyfriend Matt goes, we have a finals call in three. And I'm like, finals call? Like the finals is so far from now. But as he told me, I was kind of laughing and didn't give it uh, too, too much questioning. And that was one of the goals you guys had. I can't believe that you guys pulled that off. This was on Tuesday of last week. My mom comes up to me <laughs> and just hands me her computer and goes, I need you to fix something with my laptop. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and I look at the screen and it's Omar Manaya and Brian Cashman and Gertrude <laughs> and Aaron Basroni, Jason Zellalon, Julia Steinbrenner. I mean, I didn't know you weren't prompted that you were going to be on a call. That's hilarious. I thought you were just like, all right, we're going to join the Zoom call. You don't know what it is. You were blindsided completely. Well done, Mama Slangs. I love that. That's fantastic. Completely blindsided. I had, um, I had some TV appearance I had to do later, so I was just in the process of like finishing my makeup, getting ready. Matt was heading to the airport to go to Denver for the NBA Finals. And it's like, I need help with this. And I look at the screen and I see the name Brian Cash and I'm like, <laughs> huh? Can I just say, you to back up a little bit, when you talked about that first call that Matt lied to you and said he had a finals call and went out, he was sitting in your seat. This is what I say is your seat. This backdrop with all of your baseball photos behind you, if anyone's ever seen any uh, interview, Zoom interview that you've ever done, they would know what this backdrop is because this is your famous seat. This is what you do. And he's sitting in it and I'm like, oh my God, where's Sarah? Like, where's Sarah if she's not in the seat? Is she listening? Does she know? Obviously, Jason Zilla would have no idea that this would be your seat and, like, that yeah. maybe you're just sitting there listening. So I'm like, she has to be taking a nap. Like, this is, like, this is the time of day. Then we're sitting there on the Zoom call going over the details, and then on my computer pops up Sarah Lang's text message, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's not even sleeping. And Matt's doing this in her sleep and in, in her seat. How is this working? And you're just texting me about other stuff. I'm pretending like I'm not on a call with your boyfriend who's in probably 15 feet away from you in the other room. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then I hear him like they're asking him specific questions. And I'm thinking they have no idea that he can't give detail or else Sarah's going to hear him. And he was like, yeah, uh, her mom's definitely going to be here, so that'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how is he handling the stress? She's going to be right around the corner. And you're like me. You'll question him for everything. Like, wait, were you talking about my mom on that call? Like, I would have done the same thing. And so I'm like, he's got to balance this where he knows he's quiet enough that she won't hear any details that she's going to follow up on. So well done to him for executing all of that because I knew that you were awake and possibly could hear that is so funny. <laughs> I had no idea I texted you, you did. at that time. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, just that, you know, I could 
go on and on about all of this because, again, I mean, still processing all of it, but I really want to thank you for everything you did. The story, that piece that Network worked on with you, and the baseball is the best video. I know you said that was a Matt Myers kind of mastermind, but you were the narrator there. I mean, all of this was incredible. And you saw, I mean, you made people across the country cry. You made people who have never met either of us cry over that. I mean, I understand from our family and friends, people who know both of us, but I know it was played at Dodger Stadium. I know Juan Rivia let me know that. And um, may have been played some other places. Well, I know when I went on MLB Network, when I taped that on Friday and aired on Friday, uh, they played part of it. And I told Steve Phillips, it's a really good thing I watched that break before I came on here with you. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. <laughs> like, thank goodness I saw it and said, let me watch this before I do my makeup, just in case. Okay, no, none of this. Thank you. I appreciate all of that. But... Honestly, it was, it's simple because it's literally just telling your story and it's not me doing anything just because I was the one who said the words doesn't mean I was anything behind any of that. It's all just your story and that's how impactful it is. And so, um, the fact that you're willing to share it, the fact that you're willing to take a Lou Gehrig day on the way that you were. All of that is why this disease is eventually going to progress in a way that you're not used to hearing the word progress with this disease. And it's going to finally make turns and get better and be easier to live with. And I am convinced it's going to be because people like you are willing to take on the bear that is the attention that comes with it. So it's not me. It was all you. And that day was so fun. And it was so cool to hear from so many people. I mean, I had a DM from someone who said their grandfather is the one who replaced Lou Gehrig in the lineup that day. And the day that he came out of that the, from the streak, I know, I can't remember the last name. I know the first name was Babe because that's easy to remember. But I mean, it was so cool to hear from the people that we heard from. Um, and I, I, I can't even imagine how many you heard from if I heard from as many as I heard from. So um, it was really cool. And I hope, and I know you won't, but I hope that you're able to take a second and soak in how much your story is making that impact across the country, ALS community, everything. Because of that, people understand what this disease is a little bit better. First of all, because I'm me, it's Babe Dahlgren. I knew that's what you were typing. Lordy, you never can turn off the researcher brain. I was double checking that I um that I was correct. <laughs> and I mean I will try. I have no idea if I will ever process any of this, but I'm so 
so grateful and I mean I'm so grateful to Major League Baseball for being open to so many new initiatives this year and just for making the day what it was. Um, you know, the energy is important and as I tweeted um, on Saturday, you know, it's very important to keep that energy going, obviously. <laughs> We do not need to dis, like, disorient me and overwhelm me the way we did on Friday. But the energy for ALS awareness, for raising money for ALS research, I'm literally watching the Red Sox game right now, and uh, they're doing their Garrick Day celebration today on Monday because they're rained out on Friday. And so it's important that these things keep going. And then people keep it top of mind. It's not a rare disease. It's an underfunded disease. And it is directly tied to baseball. So I'm so excited for this sport. And it's amazing community to be the one to really push this over the edge. So do we end this number one thing that makes Sarah cringe segment and uh, actually get into what Sarah does best segment where we can now dive into baseball and and I can see that okay let me preface grateful for everything we'll throw out the usual stipulations but I can see the pain on your face as this continues to go as we continue to talk about yourself so we'll end it we're not ones to be gushy ever, so we'll end it. Um, but Friday was amazing. And thank every single person listening to this. Thank you to yes. every single person who has reached out to you, to me. There's thousands of people who have said, can you please make sure Sarah gets this message that I have not even been able to start digging into yet to send to you. Oh, I um, so for the next six months, we will have at least one of these sent to you a day so that we can get to them. Um, but thank you to every single person who took time out of their day to not only just donate whatever they did to just send a message to us. It was unbelievable to hear all of these things from my perspective. I cannot imagine what it was like for you for emails for all of these things. So, um, sincerely thank every single person out there who was moved to did something to even just talked about ALS that day to somebody else. That's all we need to do to start this ball of getting people to understand what this disease is, to have it more known, and as Sarah said, to just make sure that it's, have the awareness of it out there. It's not rare, it's just underfunded. So as long as we can get that message starting, Friday was a success, and Sarah can deal with having all the attention on her. So we'll take a quick break now. Because we could talk about this for 17 hours. And of course, the topic that we scheduled for next is another one that we could talk about for 17 hours. So let's get it to it now. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some all-star game ballot breakdowns because, oh my gosh, it's June. And in a month, we'll be able to celebrate all of baseball's biggest stars. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm Mandy, that's Sarah, and we are done with the heavy hitting topics, done. I am so done, We are. I know you're done. Let's get into all of the things about All-Star Break because it's June 5th, somehow we're closing in on July, I don't know how, and the first round of MLB voting is out. They put out the ballots last week and fans can now go to MLB.com, you can go to any of your favorite fan specific sites, can I say words? Um, any team-specific sites, I should say. If you have your favorite team, check on there. The ballot's going to be there. And you can go through and you can vote for each position of both leagues of the players that you think are most deserving to head to Seattle this summer to represent um, their team at the All-Star Game. So, Sarah, we can go position by position here, and we can say who we would think that maybe at this point, this could change in a couple weeks, but... For the first round of voting right now, who we think are the lead candidates. And I just want to start with you because I almost told you during the break there, but I needed to just save it because it's probably better to just save my true feelings for when we're recording. I pulled up the ballot just so that I could follow along while we're doing this. And first base is the first thing that pops up. And I'm looking at it and I really, really like how the app has this set up this year, how the site has it set up where... You can just sort by the biggest categories, offensive categories, and they'll show you who's leading in what category on your ballot. I think that's super user-friendly. You don't have to take the extra time. You can take the extra time to look at more stats. These are just a couple. Um, If you want to go for slang stats, then yes, you have to go do some extra research. But just to look at the basics, I think that's super user-friendly. I like how they set that up. And I'm just scrolling through like, oh, this is cool. Is this adjusting to each category? And I thought it wasn't because I clicked on RBIs and Josh Naylor is at the top of the list. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't sorting by who has the most because that doesn't make sense. There's no way that's possible. So, of course, then I pull up fan graphs to make sure that this is accurate. And my mind was blown. I had no idea. And I watched this team every single day. that Josh Naylor would have the most RBIs of any American League first baseman. It blew my mind. I know that he had so many home runs in that short period of time where he racked up a handful of RBIs. I get it. Oh my gosh, blew my mind. I was not expecting that. And we were just talking about this in the press box in Minnesota over the weekend. Um, Me, Zach Meisel from The Athletic, Paul Hoynes from Cleveland.com, we were saying, who's this team's all-star? And we're trying to figure out who it would be because 
not many guys had got off to a great start. So there's not much time left to really build up that compelling resume. And then Josh Naylor comes up and we're all like, you know what? It's probably him. Like, he's probably the guy. I didn't realize that he really is the guy. And then Piers, yes. Wow, I love that. That is an awesome reaction. So I wanted to start with um, uh, Mandy mentioned all the ways you can find the ballot. If you also just go to MLB.com slash vote, V-O-T-E, it'll bring it up. That's how I got here. Um, as you mentioned, phase one balloting underway right now through June 22nd. And then this is what, the third year that we'll have the starters election. I love this. You get the um, top candidates at each position. And then you vote from them who the starters will be. So just a little more nuanced than the old way when you would just vote the whole time and those winners would automatically become the starters. So let's start with American League first base, I guess, and we'll just go through. So I swear in mine by OPS, but obviously so many great candidates. We've talked about Yandy Diaz already on the podcast so far this year. I'm so impressed by the adjustments he has made this year, hitting the ball in the air. I think right now, today, and again, I'm not accounting right now for the fact that we know every team needs an all-star, so on and so forth. We're just kind of going with who might we vote for on this exact day and time. So I'm just putting that out there as well. But given that, I think right now I'd probably give it to Yandi. You know, what makes good radio and what makes good podcasts, all these types of shows, are disagreements. And so we are going to be the worst at this because we are, I know 95% of this, we're just going to be like, yeah, I agree. And that, that's, that doesn't make for good radio, but that just shows why we always end up saying the same thing. So as you said earlier, when you texted the same thing that I said in that video, without even knowing that that was said in the video, I think we're going to be the same way. Just because Josh Naylor has the most RPIs does not think that does not mean I think he should be the starting for first baseman, but every single team needs to have at least one representative at the all-star game. And so my mind is starting to think Naylor might deserve that as the guardians uh, representative, Emmanuel Classe, we can get into that, but I think he could eventually get there just because he does have the most saves in the majors, even though he hasn't been as good. But to me, Naylor's more of just like a reserve. He's someone that is going to represent Cleveland if nobody else gets there for sure. And I think that he would deserve that. I think it's hard to ignore what Diaz has done this year because man, do I hear about it a lot because there's a lot of salty Cleveland fans because he came from Cleveland and he just didn't have that spot there. He's one of those guys where they say maybe a change of scenery helps him type of deal. It, oof, it did. And he's one of the largest men I think are, that have ever been placed on this planet. His arms are like two of you, Sarah's, in <laughs> together. Um, but I think that he has just been impressive because it seems like that should have been there. It seemed like he had the makeup of all of this, and now we're starting to see it. We've seen it at spurts. It seems like he's putting it together more as a complete package, and I think he should be rewarded for that. 
Well, I wonder if we will disagree for National League first base only because there's so many great candidates. There and again, are. no disrespect to the American League, I just think Yandi Diaz is further distance himself from the rest of the pack there. I agree. And American League first base, but okay, if you sort by OPS, it's Freddie Freeman at 960, pretty well ahead of Paul Goldschmidt at 907. Pete Alonso has 21 home runs, leading the majors. He has 47 RBI. You also have Matt Olson, who is having a huge year this year for the Braves. You also have, I mean, you know, we've discussed, I'm very aware of the Giants because my mother, Lamontley Jr., is having a really good year for them. I think to this point you can make an argument he is the Giants MVP, not the MLB MVP, but he has certainly been incredibly valuable for them. And I mentioned Paul Goldschmidt, Spencer Steer of the Reds, it's also been really good. I don't know who ends up being the Reds pick. As you said, with Naylor, maybe it's more in a reserve role, but he definitely deserves a lot of conversation. You've a guy like Christian Walker, who has 12 homers and 36 RBI for a Dimex team that has been really, really good. I mean, I think this comes down to Freddie and Alonso, ultimately, and I think that also comes down to the voter and what you value. I mean, Freddie is hitting a hundred points better in batting average, 331 to 231. Now Pete Alonso is not a guy who's going to hit for average, but he is a guy who looks like he could hit 60 home runs this year, or at least have his second career 50 homer season. Both of those are really valuable, and it's the all-star game. They're both huge stars in big markets, so yeah. I have no idea what I would go with here. So I have to disagree with I have no idea? That's what I have to do? Okay, well, oh man, lordy. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm torn, and oh gosh, what a lame argue, the argument and conversation. Um, I'm torn because I'm old school, and I know everyone hates average these days. I get it. But, and we'll get to Luis Arise later, but, like, there's guys out there who are really turning, like, catching attention because of average and how often they're finding ways to get on base and so it's hard for me to ignore that. And like when it's exactly 100 points, it's not like it's 10, 20, whatever. It's 100 points higher. That is enough for it to be like, okay, yes, this guy Alonzo has had in more than double the homers, um, more RBIs, but Freeman is just getting on base. He's being valuable. Um, his WRC plus is higher. It's 158. Alonso's is 137. So if I'm sitting here and I'm trying to debate between the two of them, I would sit there and mull over this for hours and it's just not that deep. It's really not. And everyone would look at me and just be like, just vote. And then I would get in my head and couldn't. I think I would say um, I'm going with, with Freddie Freeman because of just like the more 
Let's go old school approach at it, even though I just threw out WRC plus, that's not old school. Um, but I think it's impressive. And I think what he's been able to do is impressive. And I think that home runs are always loud. RBIs are always loud. Those things are what gain the attention. But I like the guy who can fly under the radar too. And it's hard to say Freddie Freeman's under the radar. But I like those type of stats and I think I'd go him. And another thing with him, he currently has what would be the lowest chase rate of his career. Entering Monday, it is 24.6%. That would be the lowest in any season of his career. This is a guy who has won MVP, who has been an MVP even in years. He didn't win it, in other words, been an outstanding player. Is Mr. Consistency and all of that. Nonetheless, he is somehow getting better. So I think it has to be him, but I want everyone to uh, hear all of the praise from Pete Alonso as well, who's also having a great year. Okay, if we go position by position, Alana's going to end up having to produce this and edit this until probably 5 in the morning. So we're not going to do that to her. But, I mean, you watch all of this uh, every single day. You you are able to see all of these teams. And most of the time are uh, sending me clips to make sure that I go back at the later at the end of the night and go and watch all of the things that I missed during the day. Um, so how about you pick, what do you think is the next maybe closest position battle, most interesting position battle? Which other one do you think that we should give our opinions on? Hmm. You know what? Let's talk about catcher. No more remember we did these two, and we'll come back and do another two or three next week. So I want to talk about catcher because it's pretty fascinating in both the American League and the National League. So I think... We have, obviously, the, if you're voting on name brand and living up to it, in the American League, it's Adley Rochman, no question. But Jonah Heim is having an outstanding season for the Rangers, who have been really, really good. He has 46 RBI now. That team scores about 46 runs a night, but it's good that he's part of it. And he's got right now an 823 OPS. You've Adley at 837. Adley has been as advertised, absolutely outstanding this year. And but I think it's pretty close between them. I mean, and if you actually look at the stats, Salvador Perez is not that far behind the two of them either. And that is just a really cool battle to see. I think, you know, those are two new names, newer names, and then one that's been there for a really long time, but has certainly gotten a lot more praise lately. Oh, no. I'm watching the Red Sox game, and they're showing Alex Cora talking about me. All right, we're continuing. We're ignoring it. Not Stay ignoring focused. it. I love it. I love you, AC. He's wearing the baseball as the best shirt. All right, I'm staying focused. But between Adley, Jonheim, Salvi, I'm going to I'm gonna guess that Adley will be the one to win this. And I love that. I'm all in, but <laughs> you know, I was tweeting something uh the other day about the Rangers and people were starting to say, like, 
come on, why aren't we talking more about Jonah Heim? So there you go. We just got that in the American League catcher combo. I mean, I think what Heim is doing is ridiculously impressive. I think everyone looking at his stats would think the same, but I don't know how many people are looking at those stats. So I think that so many people need to look at what this what this guy is doing because it's it's a name that's not heard across baseball all the time. Adley Rutschman, yes, it is. And you are watching him go undercover at MLB headquarters at their flagship store. And he's making fans really like fall in love with the type of person he is, enjoy rooting him on. He's going to have that superstar level type backing because he's a popular player. He's been exciting to follow throughout the minor leagues. There's been hype built around him. I get it. And he's had a great season. So he backs it up. I understand all of that. But when you're looking based on numbers, it's time for me. I mean, it's unbelievable to see what he's done. And yes, we were just talking about this when we were in Minnesota. We were watching highlights of the Rangers game as we were waiting to get into the clubhouse post game because there's a TV right beside the visiting clubhouse. And we're like, do they ever just like have an off night for their offense. They had 12 runs mid-game at the point when we were watching it, and we're like, what is this team? And so, okay, maybe it's less impressive when you look at it from that perspective, just of him on that team, of how many runs he's knocked in, because it seems like that's just what they all do. But across baseball, that's that's really awesome to see that he has 46 RBIs, he has seven home runs, and you see his strikeout rate's not like it's that high. It's not like he's going crazy. It's around 17%, 17.5%, I guess. Um, and that's usually a position that you see a lot of swing and miss. That's a, that's a position where it's a lot of boom or bust. So the, the underlying numbers are great. The ones that smack you in the face are great. To me, it's hard to ignore that, even though he's not the same level of name that maybe Rushman would be. So... Heim's impressive for me, so I'm going out. I'm saying, let's do it. I'm voting Heim. I'm all in. I love it. And again, you know, yes, the team scores a lot of runs. <laughs> I'm sure I could pull up for you a handful of highest-scoring teams in baseball history where catcher was the weak link offensively. Yeah. Just because they're scoring all these runs is not a reason to discount what he's doing. The fact he's part of it. And by the way, you look at, I don't have his Savant page in front of me, but whether it's quantifiable in framing or not, he is managing and pitching staff, which has excelled even without Jacob DeGrom, who... I just got a text with a tweet from my mother saying that he is being transferred to the 60-day IL. So you have to give Junaheim credit for the way that team is pitched as well. Should we go to the National League now? So I was so excited the last two weeks because on Sunday Baseball, two weeks ago, we had the Phillies and the Braves, which meant we had JT Romuto and Sean Murphy. And then last week and this past weekend, we had Will Smith. So we had basically currently the two best catchers in the National League. And no disrespect to JT Romuto, but I'm talking about Murphy and Will Smith. I mean, for me, it is between the two of them. And I think, again, it kind of comes down to what you value 
I love Will Smith's plate discipline. He is a really, really good hitter who is so bought in on the way the Dodgers teach their guys to see the strike zone, see the ball, and he is so, so impressive. But Sean Murphy is also incredible, and we knew, we knew he would hit really well getting out of Oakland, which is a hard ballpark to hit in, and playing more frequently elsewhere. And that is exactly what has happened. He has really, really blossomed. We also should mention Elias Diaz, who all has a great arm, has been really good at throwing guys out, and has great offensive numbers. Yes, partially, of course, beyond, but that's not his fault. He's been really good, really exciting. And I do think Francisco Alvarez gets a mention as well because he has kind of already become the guy where when he's not in the Mets lineup, the Mets lineup looks totally different. He has a 73 OPS. It's kind of a different echelon maybe. But he's a 21-year-old catcher catching two guys over the age of 35, a 40-year-old and Justin Berlander. And I know the Mets are at 500 right now. So it's not quite the same as the way Jonah Heim has carried the Rangers. But you do not see a lot of 21-year-old catchers at all, let alone holding their own the way he has. At one point, I mean, it's changed now because he's hit a few more, but something like four of his first six home runs in the year, and they're tied the game or gave the Mets the lead. He has really improved during the year as well. I mean, you can see why the team was willing to bring him up at this age and give him the chance to learn at this level. So, no, I don't think he will be the starting catcher for the National League in the All-Star game this year. But I think anyone who chooses to vote for him has a point in giving him some love there as well. So who do you pick? Uh-huh. I know you made <sighs> this. Mm-hmm. This is impossible because so <laughs> I've talked about uh, Jason Bernard on the show a handful, and we have guys who are kind of like JB guys or slang guys, like our go-to. And Sean Murphy was always a JB guy, so it's awesome to see him thriving for him. And Will Smith is kind of a both-of-us guy, this is literally an impossible question. I mean, I, I, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to me, it's definitely between the two of them, obviously. Yeah. Their numbers are so similar that there's not one category that's a runaway for me that it's like, okay, this is a separator. And so because of that, I do look at that strikeout percentage and I look at how unbelievably disciplined Smith is and partially because if any Guardians fan is listening to this because I've promoted this podcast with you and they're listening because they follow me just so I don't drive the dagger right through their heart of how badly they wanted Sean Murphy in Cleveland I'm gonna say let's go with Will Smith as that 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 all-star catcher because I mean they are so similar um and so if you're looking for one slight difference that's enough, that's drastic enough to be like, okay, this is completely different, 
that's the only category. Everything else is so close that it's hard to decide between. So I think that's where I would go Will Smith. I'm a really good Will Smith fan that uh, we ran on Sunday Baseball last night. Let me update it. So the big thing with him, as you mentioned, not striking out. So he is uh, entering today, and they're not playing today. So he is entering Tuesday. Uh, 27 walks, only 17 strikeouts. So this season, there are seven guys who have more walks than strikeouts and at least 150 plate appearances. Now, when you talk about guys with more walks than strikeouts, you get the Luis Arias of the world, you get Jose Ramirez, you get guys who this year, um, or in Ramirez's case and historically in Arias's case, are not necessarily slugging. It is one thing to not strike out. It's another thing entirely to not strike out and hit for power, right? Those are different skills. And we see them together, but in this kind of extreme where you're walking more than you're striking out, those guys are not often slugging super well. So Will Smith has a 521 slugging percentage. That is the highest of those seven guys with more walks than strikeouts and at least 150 plate appearances. What I love about that is that, you know, we're talking about this and there's a tendency to think of stats for catchers offensively as for a catcher. Oh, he's a good hitter for a catcher. The idea that catcher has historically at times been a weaker offensive position, that is not the case with him or with Sean Murphy or Athlete or any of them. But for Will Smith to have the highest slugging percent of anyone this year with more walks than strikeouts and at least 150 trips to the plate, tells you how exceptional that playing different playing someone and that I really, really are. All right, well, to spare Alana, and because we're going to be talking about this so much in between now and the All-Star break, and we are going to have updates, we're going to get into deeper rounds of voting, we're going to do all of these things. This will not be the last time we break this down. We'll cut it off here. We can get into other positions as we get closer um, to the, to the All-Star break. Uh, but we need to get to our favorite moments in baseball from the past week. So let's take a quick break, think about it, and when we come back, we'll have those for you. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. 
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm Mandy, that's Sarah. And as always for our favorite segment, we'll bring on our favorite producer, Alana Schreiber. And Alana, do you want to kick us off for your favorite moment from baseball over the past week? I'm so glad I'm going first this week because there's a good chance I'm stealing from you guys. Yeah, I'm sure. Of course, my favorite moment in baseball, not just of the week, but of this entire baseball season was Friday, Lou Gehrig's Day. It was just so amazing. I felt like I woke up on June 2nd and like I wasn't even looking for all the Sarah Langs content. It just found me. Instagram was like, we know you want to see this. Um, (sighs) But just to go to the website, just to go to MLB.com and your faces are everywhere. And I just spent the whole day like I read Mandy's article and then Sarah's article and then watch the outside the lines video and by the time I watched the whole baseball is the best video I was crying and (laughs) I see Juan Soto saying why baseball is the best and I'm like Sarah's got to be flipping out right now and then you know the minute I heard Sarah that you were going to be at the Mets game doing the pregame show I fully like canceled my plans for Friday evening because I'm like this is more important And then my Wi-Fi went down right as you were talking to Steve Gelbs. So my mom FaceTimed me and pointed her phone at the TV so that I can still watch. Because, of course, she was watching and my whole family was watching. It was just so, so amazing. And, you know, Sarah, one of the things you say all the time about, like, a team or a player is you'll go, they're just so fun to watch. (laughs) And that's, like, kind of how I felt about Friday. It was just so amazing to watch the whole community celebrating you. And one thing that you also always say is that it's really important to tell people why we love and appreciate them all the time and not just when something's gone wrong. So I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys. I mean, as a girl who loved baseball growing up, wanting to see more women in baseball, it's now the highlight of my week to do this podcast with you guys and the fact that you let me talk on it which I am entirely unqualified to do (laughs) and um it's just I love just every week it's it's amazing to see the two of you talk about your love for each other and your love of baseball and I just learned so much Alana I mean you sat here and said you're excited to go first but I'm like how are we supposed to follow that (laughs) Thank you. I don't even know what what to say to that. Sarah, I mean, if you want to respond to that, I understand. And then you can get into whatever you want to say, but I don't know how we're supposed to talk now. I don't even know what to say. I have tears in my eyes. You guys see me blinking. Like, thank you so much, Alana. That means so much. And we love doing this podcast with you so, so much. <laughs> like, whenever we finish recording, 50% of these podcasts, the first text to each other is, oh my gosh, I love her so much about you. Yes, 100%. You guys. Like, she is the greatest. Like, we are so, so grateful for you. So thank you for being you and being here with us. And that is impossible one to follow me. 
I feel like I gave my thanks to everybody at the top, so and I would never pick the day that was about me to be my favorite moment, so um, don't anybody take that for lack of gratefulness because there is so much, but for me, my moment is, sorry, I'm figuring out what day of the week it is. Yesterday, Sunday, the White Sox won a very exciting game on a walk-off home run from Jake Berger. And it was Liam Hendricks who pitched the top of the ninth in a 2-2 game. Very fired up. He ends up getting the win, of course, because they won on that walk-off home run the bottom of the ninth. And it was National Cancer Survivors Day. Like, how amazing is that? It is. Yes. I mean, he is an incredible bastion of strength in this sport. And for everyone who is currently going through any health battle, let alone cancer. So for that to happen and him to get the win in that situation... It's absolutely amazing. The only thing is I wish it were saved. So we got one of his signature, like, screams and celebrations after. But he was so pretty fired up, even after just getting out of that inning. And it was a pretty cool walk-off grand slam. But, you know, it's just amazing for those things to add up and for him to end up getting that win on that day. National Cancer Survivors Day. We can pretend like we're just going to talk about that baseball happened over the last few days, but I'm going to go back to the elephant in the room here because uh, there's no there's no reason to pretend like baseball mattered more than anything on Friday. Um, my okay, this is actually smaller though, and it's more funny for us, so we don't have to go back down a heavier route. But I liked. I want to shout out the people who created the graphic that was on MLB.com. And the pictures of us, I, like they, MLB Network had asked for photos, video, whatever I had of us to be able to run with the video that they created. So I made a file, MLB.com then said, do you have any photos of you guys that you could post with the story? I just said, here, take this folder too. What I loved in that graphic that they showed is that many people probably didn't know what that baseball was in the corner of the photo. And I love that they included it because um, there's a picture of us from the half marathon in the, in the front. And then there's pictures of us with my husband and your boyfriend down at Disney all wearing baseball's the best shirts. Like those were all awesome. But we, you and I have always done since I met you random question time because I was before I knew you and could just sit here and tell you, I'm going to ask you a really dumb question. Don't judge me. And like, I now know that you wouldn't judge me back then. I was fearful that I sounded like an idiot most of the time. And so I always prefaced my questions with saying, brace yourself. This is a random question, which morphed into me just sending you random question time in all caps. Um, and this is over Slack during games because I'm just, my brain always wants to figure out if this is weird or different or help try to boost up whatever I'm trying to write about and who better to do that than Sarah. So I would always send her random question time as this alert that's like, all right, brace yourself for whatever the heck Mandy's brain's about to come up with. And so to ask you to be my bridesmaid, I sent you a small box that on the front of the top of the box, I wrote random question time. And when you open the box, there was a baseball in there that had Sarah written on it. And on the, on the side of the baseball said, will you be my bridesmaid? 
And I love so much that they had that photo on the graphic because no one would even, unless they zoomed in on it, no one would even see the writing. But I like that both of us knew what that inside joke sort of was between the two of us and that that piece of it was on that front page and no one had ever seen that photo and it never really had gone anywhere. Um, it was just a picture that I took of it before I shipped it to your uh, to your apartment. And so I wanted to shout out the, the social media group, the um, content creators, everybody who, the graphic design team, everyone who went into putting all of that together to make sure that uh, everything looked great for the site and it looked perfect. But I just loved how that little detail was in that because that's just such a cool moment for both of us to have on there. And everyone who's listening can't see us. My YouTube man did a lot and can see me right now. And the moment you said that, I kind of looked to the side because I'm looking at exactly where it is on the shelf. Mm, like I have the TV and then I have all of these random bobbleheads and photos and things. The Julio bobblehead uh, that we coordinated from Seattle, all of these things. And the box that says random question time with the baseball in it. So I noticed that was there and I loved that it was there. So just a perfect, perfect thing. And again, thanks to everybody. I mean, um, I believe that the game, the Mets Blue Jays game was produced by, edited by Julia. Um, I'm going to botch her last name. It's Craig. Crows maybe. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. K R E U Z. I've only read it. I haven't heard it. <laughs> so sorry, Julian. But she produced the, she was the one who was making the headlines and everything for the stories on Friday night for the actual game. And, uh, you know, I spoke to Anthony DiComo pregame for a story he wrote about the first pitch. And the headline, when I opened my app at one point during the game to check how Otani was pitching. Of course. The first thing I see is not just a great first pitch, the best first pitch, which was a little shout out to the baseball is the best. So, I mean, so many of our colleagues did so much to make that an amazing day and I'm so grateful. I mean, even little things, I'm always on these emails every night about what stories we have scheduled for the homepage for the next day. And I noticed that Matt Myers made sure I didn't get the email that night, like on um, the first they desperately wanted you to just be able to know about this and that everyone asked me every day, are we sure Sarah can't find out? And they said, no, she cannot find out. Do not include her on this email because they were like, it's just so much easier if she knows. And I'm like, I'm well aware, but if she knows, then she's going to dread it. So please let it just be a surprise because she doesn't want more attention on her. So let's not have her dread this and let's just have her experience it. So I won that battle, and I'm very glad to hear you were not on that email because I did not know that. I was not. Yeah, I noticed I didn't get the headlines, and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but then I did get it the next day. So the level of care, and one other shout-out I'll give is that um, we had the game on the MLB play app, like where you can play Beat the Shriek, 
Uh, I'm in a group for that, by the way, if anyone wants to compete against me. It says MLB expert. I don't know why, but anyway. Uh, there was also the game MLB Pickle. It's like the MLB Wordle. And Andy Worley, who is one of our uh, editors for our homepage, is the one in charge of picking them for every day. And he made sure it was Juan Soto. Oh, I love that. And he said that he picked that one so far in advance to be ready. And then he had to scramble to pick which one for my birthday, which was her, <laughs> which ended up being Otani. So he made sure that I knew to make sure to do it that day. And I don't always do it because I get frustrated and whatever. It's a very good game. <laughs> That's why I get frustrated. But I made sure to do it that day to see that. And of course it was soda. That's awesome. And I mean, we could go, that's how much happened on Friday. We could keep going and going and going. The number of people who played any part of everything, it was just, it was unbelievable to see how everyone came together, how much attention to detail there was, how many people just went out of their way to make sure everything went well. It was awesome. And so because of the time that Alana will need to spend on this, because people are actually going to have to invest a whole bunch of time to listen to this, we're going to cut ourselves off because it could go, I promise you, it could go on for hours. Um, we're going to have to skip next week, Sarah. I don't know if you even remember. I'll be in Greece next week, so I will be out of the country, out of commission. Time zones will not work in our favor. So we'll have to skip next week, but we'll be back in the following week. And I'm sure you still won't have processed everything that's happened over the weekend by the time I'm back in the States. Um, but that'll do it for this week's podcast. A huge thank you to everyone who played a role again on Friday. It was truly unbelievable. And please don't miss an episode of our show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying this show or you have any suggestions for us at all, please leave us a rating and a review. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.